What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's time for another edition of the Family Times Podcast. Guys, what is going on? We're in a very interesting time in sports. Baseball, full swing. Football, starting to gears are starting to grind. Ever since that NFL draft, I'm ready to crush the fantasy football season once again. Best ball drafts happening all around. NASCAR. F1, the Indy 500 this week, Ryan, the USFL. Oh, that's right. I know that some of you aren't interested in blowouts, but hey, the NBA Finals is still going on as well. Bottom line is we got a lot of coverage. What are you shaking your head for, Sells? You you hating on the NBA a little bit? I just can't get into it when there's blowouts, man. We got spoiled with the NFL playoffs last year with like every game being a one possession game. So uh, I hear you. Can I can I make a can I make a plea to you though? Yes. Because this is my and Hallam, you could tell me if you agree with this or not. I really think, and I know that we've had a lot of blowout games, and I can't defend them. You know, I'm not playing on the court. I'm not the baseball basketball gods. I have no control. But Warriors Celtics in the final. Hang on, Selzy. We're almost there, baby. June second, the NBA Finals. And if it's these two teams going the Celtics and the Warriors, as it should be, it will be a good final. I'm gearing up for it, man. A great defense in Boston with a good offense. The Warriors even playing good front court defense without size. And you know about their prolific offense. Selzy, I plead to you, just hang on, baby. The finals are coming up, and they're going to be rocking. Yeah, I hope so. But the problem is that I hate Warriors fans because they're just (laughs) – they're so you don't have like, to root for that. Like, I agree with Charles Barkley on this one, right? He picked the Mavs because he hates the Warrior fans. And then I just can't deal with Boston sports. I just I just can't. Um, so, I mean, the game might be good, but it's just like dodging landmines. It's like that gif where the freaking inflatable thing is like dodging explosions. That's that's me right now, just trying to well, avoid yeah, because, the fan so, base. So it's not the blowouts. It's just like you have biases against certain fan bases, and that's well, why you don't I mean. Well, it's also the the blowouts too, right? Like I'll turn off any sport if it's a blowout, like including baseball. Like even if it's my team blowing somebody out, I'll turn it off because I'm like that's not entertaining to me. Yeah, well, I'll, I mean, who, you root for the Nationals, right? I always yes. forget who you root for. Yes, you do. Nationals, the Yankees, everything. The na- so the Nationals losing a lot of games anyway, so you're used to that. Welcome to my world as a sports fan. <laughs> there's cells. How? Yeah. What do you think? Do you agree with my rhetoric over here that we're setting up for a good NBA Finals? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a lot of star power. Uh, you know, a lot of guys. I think on on both teams that people know, uh, probably the two best teams. Although you would know that better than me. Uh, so uh, yes, it should be uh, should be a good way to to end the season. Guys, let's talk about something else that I mentioned just before fantasy football coming up, because I'm always listening and I'm always following different fantasy content just to see what everybody out there is looking to talk about what they're thinking right now and was just messing around with some ADPs and seeing who can we trust when making our first round pick. I mean, we've got some players coming off of injuries and it's we've got reports coming out. I know I've seen things regarding Austin Eckler and how he I mean, and these are all just reports. He would welcome the load management of touches for preservation, which fantasy fans don't like to hear. And then I reach this guy, Christian McCaffrey, and I just don't know what to do. And here's why. 
because of the injuries over the last few years to him, I immediately think that when I'm drafting McCaffrey, I have to build a fortress around McCaffrey. And even though maybe I'm not as much into Rick Wolf's smart system and you always lock in three running backs in four rounds, I still feel with Christian McCaffrey, if you're going to draft him going in, you need to get yourself it at least in one of those next two picks. You have to lock in another four, three down back that's established that maybe is a little bit more on the sturdy side so you can protect the foundation and your depth of your team. Have you guys thought about yet how you're handling McCaffrey? I'm not yeah. drafting him. I'm just, I'm just going to say the same thing. I just don't think I can do it. I mean, it's the first round pick with this much for two straight years. I, I, I just don't think I can do it. Uh, it's the same just... reason people are off of Barkley this year, right? Like he's just injured and yes, he brings you stuff when he's on the field, but Ryan, let me let me ask you this because I'm looking at the fantasy alarm ADP page for NFL, which by the way we just put underdog ADP on earlier this week. Um, so here's here's the top several running backs going off the board. Okay, for average ADP, Jonathan Taylor number one makes sense, perfectly fine, have no problem. If you have the number one pick, take Jonathan Taylor. Don't even worry about it. Then McCaffrey is two, Austin Eckler's three. Najee Harris is four, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and then Alvin Kamara, and then Nick Chubb. So if you're concerned about McCaffrey's injuries and you're concerned about Eckler's workload, why are you not going to go invest in Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon? Like, there's no reason those guys should be behind McCaffrey and Eckler. What about Dalvin yeah. Cook's health? Sorry, Ryan. No, that's okay. I mean, I just Dalvin Cook tends to miss. I mean, and unfortunately, it usually comes at the end, like close to the fantasy playoffs, so, which is very, very unfortunate. But I mean, McCaffrey is missing like entire seasons, and Barkley's missing huge chunks of time. Uh, and, and honestly, outside of his first year, I don't know that Barkley's proven all that much. Uh, I just think there, like like Matt said, I think there's too many other guys who I think come with a lot less risk and you probably feel a lot less sick to your stomach drafting and hoping around them that, I mean, obviously injuries can happen anyway. Look what happened. Derrick Henry went down last year, but I feel a hell of a lot better if I'm drafting Derrick Henry than I do Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And why is Nick a, Chubb so far down though, is my question. I, he always, Cause he doesn't catch passes and people still think. That's Hunt crap. Takes a huge, he caught passes I last know. year. And now I, he's got this Sean Watson. I know, and everyone they always say, oh, Kareem Hunt. Well, Kareem Hunt's been there for three years now, yes. and Nick Chubb is still good. So the Kareem Hunt thing has to go out the window. But also, the if thing, you're like, drafting can... Javonta Williams, they still have Melvin Gordon, and yeah. you're drafting Javonta ahead of Nick Chubb, and you're drafting Aaron Jones right next to Nick Chubb, who still has quadmaster general A.J. Dillon behind him. So, and like... I think an ascending A.J. Dillon. I think he's still on the rise. Never mind, you know, just being there. I think he's still uh, going to get better. So, yeah, there's uh, – I, Nick, I don't know. Chubb, I mean, we go – you know, us at Fantasy Alarm go through this every year, arguing with people over Nick Chubb. So why should 2022 be any different? So what if Christian McCaffrey drops? Let's just say even you're in an auction and he's sitting there at where you're seeing some of the top running backs go for over $60 – 
Let's just say you're seeing him because Nick Chubb, you mentioned Nick Chubb. And over the last few years, there's always one running back in the top tier or the top two tiers that goes for cheap. And over the last few years, I feel like that has been Nick Chubb. I've been seeing him go in multiple multiple auctions for $39, which is an incredible discount considering you're paying 60 plus for some of the top guys in those years. So that's a major, major discount. And with that, McCaffrey, He's sitting there at $35. Is there a price, guys, that he falls? Because draft buzz is so huge. And if there's enough negativity around this guy, he's going to start to fall. And the big question remains, at what price are you willing to just say, the hell with it, I can afford it, especially in auctions, and just go for it, right? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think I would have to be in the moment to know. I mean, but... You know, I feel like football auctions, like, I know there's fewer positions, but I feel like the dollars are even a little more precious than, than baseball. Like, I'm not doing all that well in a couple of my auctions, but I felt like I had, had good teams coming out of them. Uh, and I, you know, for lack of a better word, pissed away a few dollars there just to get the guy that I wanted. With football, I just feel like, you know, the top guys at each position go for such a premium that, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like the dollar players aren't as good in football as in baseball. Uh, so I, I don't know. 30 would be tough to pass. I mean, if it's half of what, you know, another, if I could get McCaffrey and I could get Chubb for 35 and Taylor's going for 65, I mean, that's kind of hard to turn down. Okay. Question for you. You mentioned baseball. How much would Byron Buxton have had to fall to for you to bid on him? Probably 15 or so. And how much were the top outfielders going for? 55. 50, you know, 50, 55, yeah. That's a fair comp. When Buxton is healthy, he's a top outfielder in baseball. There's no doubt. Look at what he did when he was healthy in half the season last year. Had almost a 2020 season in half a season. But he's never healthy. He's already hit the IL twice this year. So you got to treat. McCaffrey like that like he's got to come at such a steep discount to make it worth it because you're going to have to spend up to get a replacement right you're yes if or you're, you're gonna have to be real good at the waiver wire you, if you're building around who you believe to be the top running back in Christian McCaffrey let's put aside the fact that Sam Darnold sucks at quarterback and everybody else on that roster sucks nuts then like, I don't know how you're going to get the production from him that you usually do. He's also been injured, so who's to say that they're going to give him the normal workload that they do? Because I'm sure they want to touch him with kid gloves at this point. But if you're basing your, your cool, I got McCaffrey at a discount. I got an RB1 at a discount. That means you need an RB1 to fill that spot when he drops or gets injured. So you're going to have to spend up. You're going to have to spend twice as much money on one running back spot as you would if you just get a Nick Chubb or Henry or Cook or Mixon. Like, that's the problem with McCaffrey, is that now you've got to spend draft capital twice on one roster spot that you don't have to with several other running backs. I'm going to throw this wrinkle in there because here's why I would accept, and this is, again, this is where the roster construction is at this point. If McCaffrey's brought up first, 
where he can maybe even go cheaper because you guys, I've told you my theory about hesitation bidding in the first few bids. People need that warm up. So often they'll wait when that first player is going, at least in my experience, that's what I've seen. So you're able to sneak a player for a few dollars cheaper. But if all of a sudden I've got my build and I've got one of the big time running backs and then I still have a good amount of money, McCaffrey comes up because something else in fantasy football auctions that we have to consider. A lot of receivers go for dollar value. So that's something that we got to take into consideration as well. And I'm talking low end wide receiver twos, the wide receiver threes. They all go for a dollar. So, yes, you want to protect it, especially let's say the league sells is a two wide receiver starting league with one flex. You can for sure get away with still being able to get a upper echelon top receiver, two top end running backs. You stay cheap on your quarterback and tight end. And you can get de decent receivers still for your depth. I think that there is a way to do it because, again, like we said, when he's healthy, he's dominates so much. And I'm going to spend a lot more on those running backs, I feel like. Maybe not a lot more, but I'm going to spend the majority of my money on the running backs as well. And I feel like I'm taking risks with some of the running backs that are in shared time spaces anyway. So why not go after maybe McCaffrey if that price point is in the low 30s? Well, and I'm going to bring up another thing, and this isn't necessarily, and again, I'm going to continue with, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I'm still sticking with, I'm probably not taking McCaffrey. Uh, but there is also, in fantasy football, the handcuff. Uh, and they brought in Deonta Foreman, who you know played pretty well for Derrick Henry last year, and I, I think we could count on him getting, you know, not all of it. Hubbard is still there, but I think the vast majority, I don't think they brought him in for no reason. Uh, so if you do, I think not only you're going to want to load up on another good running back, like Matt was saying, but you'd absolutely have to have Foreman at the back end of your roster. Now, does the division that McCaffrey plays in change anything for you when comparing him against other top running backs? The Saints are impossible to run against. They just they have been for four years, right? Nothing's changing. Tampa has a ridiculously good rush defense. Atlanta's not really a slouch in the defensive category either. That's not six games a year. What? Their secondary is pretty bad, but not against running the ball. Right, exactly. Like, same with Tampa. Tampa got lit up through the pass, but you couldn't run against them at all. The Saints, you know, very good. The Saints have the best defense in that division. That's six games a year against very good rush defenses. And I know McCaffrey tends to be matchup proof, right? But we have to take into account the quarterback, or lack thereof, despite Sam Darnold saying he believes he could be the best quarterback in the NFL. That's, <laughs> that's terrible. That's a load of crock. You have to believe that you can do that, otherwise you shouldn't be playing the position, right? You have to have that mindset. But, like, you look at Derrick Henry, the AFC South, their defenses, aside from the Colts, who, by the way, weren't as good as we thought they would be last year, not great. Right, Houston had the worst rush defense in the league. Um, the AFC North, not exactly great defensively. So there's guys there, and if you're talking Alvin Kamara, they get to, you flip the Saints defense for the Panthers defense. That's a tastier matchup for me. So that's my other thing is like if I'm splitting hairs here, I'm going to take the running back in the easier division because you have to play six games a year against your division. So, you know, it's, 
I'm I'm just not I'm just not on McCaffrey. Like I need him to prove it. And by the way, why is McCaffrey second and Zeke is all the way down behind David Montgomery right now? I was just about to I was just about to ask you about him. Why is that a thing that's happening? Zeke because played I think, injured last year. Right. And he did. I mean, still nothing to really brag about. You know, he was still hurt. So I think that yeah. people still think about that. Well, he wasn't playing healthy. So, you know, I think they question conditioning with him at times. And even though he wasn't playing healthy, I mean, he was playing. But there were a lot of times where he didn't really come through. I well, also think okay. people overrate Tony Pollard. The first, yeah, I would agree with that. They also underrate the Cowboys offensive line. But the first three weeks of the year for Zeke were very good. And then he got the leg, like the partially torn whatever in his leg that was just never going to let him, um, you know, fully have the explosiveness and hit the gaps and the speed and, and whatnot. Also, by the way, Zeke catches passes. What happened to Dallas's receiving core this year? Amari Cooper gone. Cedric Wilson gone. Uh, they lost another guy too, right? The, the like, tight end uh, retired. Yeah. So where are those targets going? They're not all going to C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, right? Or Michael Gallup. Like Zeke's going to catch. Pa- I don't understand why Zeke is behind David Montgomery. That that is a good value spot for him. I was looking at that the other day too because I was saying, okay, where's Zeke and Saquon being drafted? I was actually going to bring that up on Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM last night with Adam Ronas. I had the question there. Who would you rather draft based off where you're seeing them going between You're going to ask a Cowboys fan if he wants to take a Cowboys running back or a Giants Yeah, yeah, because I'll – yeah, of course. Because (laughs) I don't – see, I don't view it like that. It's like, look, I'm hoping – yeah, I know, but I'm, you know, I'm hoping just so the audience – like, we we all grew up as fans, and I'm hoping that whoever is with me in that booth – can take it from a unbiased standpoint and yep. not let their emotions and their fandom interfere. I mean, I get that happens oh, sometimes. I agree. I I drafted Tom Brady for like seven consecutive years when he was a Patriot. Because yeah. he's, he's great a, at football. He's great at football. You can't have biases in fantasy, otherwise you lose. My right? cousin, my cousin is a huge Yankee fan. He refuses to draft Red Sox. And then when he wins the league, he's like, see, I told you the strategy works. And I'm like, no, you're limiting yourself. So here's the thing with that. I won't, I don't like drafting pitchers from teams that I don't want to have to root for. (laughs) If it so happens, I get them. Now, that being said, I have two Mets pitchers on my team, even though I'm a Nats fan. One of them got traded there. I kept him as an A, Chris Bassett. Then he got traded. The other one, Scherzer, was too good of a value in my draft to pass up on and now that bit me in the ass because he got hurt. Um, but it Why? Does Why a- do you do this? Why you? And of all people, Mr. <laughs> Statistics, you know that probability is huge. It's what Wait. math is all no, about. No, no, How no, no, no. It's, it's he nothing to do with jinxing. It has to do with I don't want to have to, like, with the Mets this year, right? Every time they play the Nats, if my two pitchers are going, I have to forfeit a series. In order to get wins for my fantasy team, right? Because I need the wins from Scherzer and Bassett to do well in fantasy, which means the Nationals have to lose when they play the Mets, right? Yes, that's Who cares? I will have no problem taking hitters from teams that I hate 
But pitchers cause me a problem because I have to forfeit a, a like. For example, I had Mookie bets when he was on the Red Sox, right? Mookie could have gone off for four home runs. As long as the Yankees beat the Red Sox, I didn't care. Because I got four homers from Mookie and the Yankees still won. But with pitchers, I need the wins. I can't have you go out there and pitch seven innings and not get me a win because that does me no good in fantasy. Which therefore means my team has to lose. And I don't want my team to lose in real life to sacrifice my fantasy team. That's terrible. That's I'm sorry. That's that is the bond that you make. You have a team. That they're not your team. They don't give a damn about you. Your fantasy team is your investment at this point. Well, and that's, I, I feel, hold up, hold up. I, I financially support the Nationals by buying tickets and gear. So both of them are investments at this point. Right, right. It's so there you I, go. I cannot. I'm stunned to hear this from you of all people. From you. It has nothing to do with statistics or jinxing. I know it is. It has to do with, it with fandom. It's bringing through fandom into fantasy. It's two separate worlds. Don't play fantasy if you're going to limit yourself. No, it's not. I kind of no. feel. I kind of feel something different. I feel like if you have that, then you can't lose. So either your fantasy team does bad, but your team wins, or your team, win, you know, team wins, but your fantasy team does. Like it, you kind of are are you know, spreading out your your losses there. I mean. Clearly, I haven't heeded my own advice here because I have two Mets pitchers. One of them, I will contend, was not supposed to be a Met. He was supposed to be an A, and then they traded him. So that, you know, that so happens. But I do try to avoid, like, there's been years where I've, I got a Red Sox pitcher because it was, like, dollar days, and I was like, this guy's too much of a value to pass up, right? So... That does happen, but in the heat of a of an auction, if the team that I don't want pitchers from comes up early, I'll just wait. Hell, just finish the show, man. Just finish the show. Oh, what? Just, it makes that, logical sense. You, you just—I feel like you just hit me in the head metaphorically with a hammer, with a with the hammer with some kind of spike attached to it, with the nail attached. To the hammer, I, I just I'm shocked that you're you're saying this right now. I'm, so I'm, okay, so you're a Mets fan, right, Vince? Yes, I try so, not to admit that to people. Right. So you willingly accept that you would draft pitchers from, let's say, the Phillies, since the Phillies are the main rival of the Mets. You would draft Aaron Nola. You would draft um, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is a bad example because he was a former Met, but. You would, well, if you anything, you would think I wouldn't draft him. I was gonna say, I think that makes it worse. Right? Yeah, exactly. Here, well, here, Sels, okay. I'm looking at my team right now, Cells. So, I, you know, you would think you would say like Mets and Yankees fans don't like each other, right? Accurate. I mean, yeah, probably, but that doesn't Very stop accurate. me from drafting. Like, if I was only a Yankees fan, drafting Mets wouldn't be a problem. Okay. Well, I've got. I've got Cole and I've got Jordan Montgomery on a team. Right, but that doesn't directly affect the Mets. Right. Okay. So I okay. Scherzer and Bassett directly affect the Nats. Okay, so we're gonna see how many Atlanta Braves I have on my team. Or Phillies. Or for okay. I have Austin Riley. Okay. Again, less problem with bats. Like I don't have a problem with drafting bats from teams that that I don't like. Like I have Brandon Nimmo. On my, I traded for Brandon Nimmo on my roster. 
So I don't have any Phillies pitching, but that's not because I've eliminated them from my own player pool. I just, again, look, you're able to get by. You win leagues, right? Yes. Okay, so you win leagues. And at the end of the day, it's how you get your W. I'm just not into, like, I understand and I recognize, and I know not a lot of the casual audience thinks this way. I make an agreement with myself when I play fantasy sports that this is the team. Yes, as someone who has never seen his teams win a championship in his lifetime, I want that championship, but I want my fantasy titles more. They're my investment. At the end of the day, as much as I want a Knicks title, oh, please, I wear the Knicks stupid freaking logo around my neck. But you know what? I, at the end of the day, when I have my fantasy teams, that's my investment. That comes first. That's what I want to win. I'm in that league, and as much as I'm invested as a fan, this is going to pay my rent. The Knicks winning a title won't pay my rent, Sills. Interesting, interesting. What do you, what would you rather have your favorite team or your fantasy team win? That I don't. I, would, I think I would rather. I think I'm with my favorite team. I really do. I'm invested into the 49ers and the Cardinals, and and that I've been invested in the 49ers since I was eight years old. I'm going to okay. Be so can I throw this out there? Yeah, I threw this out there to Ronus the other night, and it, it kind of like we got us both really thinking. All right, so here's the situation. I'm God. I'm not really God, but I am God in this case. So I know the future of what's going to happen. And I say, Ryan, what if I told you that for the rest of your life, I could guarantee you that you're going to get two more Cardinals or one more Cardinals championship in your lifetime. But if we give you this Cardinals championship, then you will never, ever win another fantasy sports championship ever again. I guess I was thinking. I was thinking of it more of if my team was say the fantasy season went into the playoffs and I had Paul Goldschmidt and he was up in the bottom of the ninth inning and my pitcher was pitching against him. Would I want Paul Goldschmidt to hit a home run to win the world series? Or do I want my pitcher to strike him out? My win my fantasy league. I'm rooting for the home run. Wow. Okay. Look again, you guys have both seen championships as well. So maybe you guys know the feeling and you're like, I freaking love that. Well, that's true. I don't know. And I'll admit that. See, I'm very fair in arguments. I'm you very think fair. you would want it more since you haven't had one. Right. You're right. But I invest so much into my fantasy teams. They mean a lot to me. I want to win. When I give terrible advice, I don't like that. We all do it oh, at times. I don't see, like that. Like, that's a that's a whole nother part of it, right? Do I yes. want to be right in the fantasy advice that I give? Do I hate it when a prospect that I recommend to people for like three years doesn't pan out? Yes, I do. Because it tells me that the process I was looking at may not work or the kid just flamed out and we have to adjust how we view things, right? However, would I take, in Ryan's example, would I take a World Series title over a fantasy title? That's really hard to say. It really is. It's not um, even close for me. It's not even close. When the 49ers made the Super Bowl the last two times, and they lost both of them, I cried when they won the NFC Championship game. I mean, I, I, this, I guess I, was, I guess it depends on if you're asking me if the Jets are winning a Super Bowl or, like, the wow. Yankees or Nats are winning a World Series. Because, obviously, don't have to talk about the Yankees World Series titles. There are 27 of them. Um, and the Nats just won in 2019. The Jets... 
I haven't seen them make it past the AFC Championship game in my lifetime, right? The last time they went to the Super Bowl was the late 60s. So would you say, look, you have you have a choice of winning a fantasy football league or you have a choice of the Jets winning a Super Bowl? I would take the Jets winning the Super Bowl. That's so hard for me. Also, I and just I... won a fantasy football league like last year, and I finished second the year before that. So you're talking about recency here? Yeah. If you're capping, like, the Yankees are only going to win one more World Series in the next, God willing, I don't know, 60 years I'm alive. But I get to win, or I get to finish second every year in fantasy baseball, I would take that trade-off. Because second even if there's, even if there's no payout, even if there's no payout for second. Yeah, probably, because it would mean I'm consistent. It would mean that I know what I'm talking about. They're consistently losing. That's what it means. No, it means I'm yes, consistently you're losing. You lost. You lost. You get nothing. You lose. In a 21-team league, if you finish second every year, you would take that. You'd be happy every year for the rest of your life finishing in second place. You'd be happy with that. You get no in payout. In a 21-team league, yes. But you get nothing. You get no – it's like Survivor. You either win the million or you get nothing. Like my guy who got second place, he wins nothing. So if we're talking about a million wins, dollars, then no, that would suck. But we're not talking about a million dollars. Right, but you'll never win that league again. You're going to come in second place. You don't think that'll get to you? I've come in second place three years in a row in this league, and it hasn't gotten And it doesn't me. piss you off? Well, there's probably a payout, so you're incentivized a little bit. Well, true. It's more than a 1000 bucks to finish second, yes. Yes. See? This has been a fun conversation. This is, <laughs> this is what it's about. This is talking fantasy sports. And you know what I used when I finished second? I bought that kick-ass grill that you complimented me on. Yeah, dude. So Dude, you know you what? Go. That's good. But in this situation, if there's no payout for second place, I think it changes things for you. Yes. I there mean, you go. Your maybe, silence means no, you're right here. There's no payout or award for finishing second in the fantasy writers awards, right? I was perfectly fine being nominated. I mean, that's great. If I don't win they, again, but I'm nominated multiple times, I'm fine with that. Right. Still means you're one of the best in your field, right? True. Same in your league. If you finish second, but the guy who wins every year then, like, craps the bed the next year and finishes last, I would rather be the guy that has an average finish of second than the guy who has an average finish of ninth but has three titles. But you're not getting titles. That's the bottom line. But I'm finishing second in terms of betting. That's a pretty good bet, right? (laughs) Yes. Let's go to the family table and bring something each. Fun conversation that we're having on family times here. Let's start with you, Cells. What are you bringing to the table this week? What I'm bringing to the table is a whole barbecue full of uh, content for us on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, I'm usually at my parents' house celebrating with a massive barbecue that we hold every year. Uh, That's not happening this year. Don't have the time nor the resources to go travel halfway across the country so what am i doing i'm filling my barbecue plate with content that i will be giving to the masses uh we have a triple header of racing on sunday it starts with the f1 monaco grand prix one of the most famous races in the world that's for breakfast on sunday morning it's like 9 a.m eastern on abc it'll be spectacular careful there's a chance of rain there in monaco on sunday morning um Then, for lunch, we get the Indy 500 from the Grand Old Brickyard in Indianapolis, Indiana there. 
And to cap it all off, we get the Coke 600 for NASCAR at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We get a whole whopping like 1,500, 1,300 miles of racing on Sunday. What does that mean for you? I've got DFS content for free for F1 and NASCAR. I've got betting content for free for an all-day parlay on Sunday for the F1 race, for the Indy 500, and the Coke 600. All that is for free, and we've been crushing it um, pretty well this year. We've had pretty good reads on the races for F1 and uh, for Cup Series. So that's what I'm bringing to you all for free. The podcast for NASCAR is already out. Um, and probably by the time you're listening to this, the track breakdown for NASCAR will also already be out. So I will be strapped to my computer all weekend, uh, producing award-winning content that hopefully wins you all money. Yes. And or comes in second, right? Sells? <laughs> I mean, second, second DFS still pays quite a lot, man. Oh, so second's not so good anymore. We're not so happy with that. It still anymore. pays quite a lot. I, I hear you. Yes. But we're not as happy about that. Ryan, do you like second finishing second consistently in your career? Uh, if it makes my 49ers win another Super Bowl, then yes, I do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, Matt brought up Memorial Day, so as you're barbecuing and enjoying your hot dogs and hamburgers, please remember that the holiday is for those who have given their life in service of this country. And as many things that are going on right now, it's uh, still, uh, I know I could never, I couldn't even imagine even putting my life on the line or anything like that. So uh, always uh, much respect for everyone out there. But it all always is a little extra special at my house because my younger daughter, Morgan, will be turning 14 on Saturday. Uh, so on the air, uh, happy birthday, little girl. That is oh. not so little anymore. So Yeah, happy birthday to Morgan. And how old's your other child? 16. Wow. Man, time moves right. very, so very I'm fast. not going to upstate New York anytime soon because I'm going <laughs> to avoid that new driver on the road. Learning to drive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, go, it's going surprisingly well. But yeah, Have you had to grab the ocean handle? Oh, yeah, all the time. She, and she gives me a hard time when I do it. She's like, what are you doing that for? I'm like, uh, just comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> my my parents were the same way my dad was the same way it was when, when i was driving just and i can imagine like i'll be the same way as well because it is scary because a car is a dangerous weapon and, and you have completely out of control you have no yeah, control right and yeah it's not like you have you, you have your the, the driving instructor that has a secondary brake that you could just yeah. pull and stuff like yeah. that and with that very quickly i just want to piggyback off that and just say being that it is a holiday weekend just be safe and this is something that's very important to me. I've lost people that I've loved because of drunk driving accidents. And I'm not here to just tell everybody what to do and point the finger. I'm just saying, please be safe. And not only for yourself, but for everybody else out there as well, because the car is one of the most dangerous weapons. And it's very easy to cause a massive amount of trauma to another's body. Even if you think you're going at 30 miles an hour, just be safe, Uber, car services there's plenty out there that could support you and take you home don't be dangerous don't drink and drive protect your life and protect others lives out there who are just trying to have a very nice for most people in the normal world three-day weekend but just always want to say that every so often guys that i'm very sensitive to that being and when you lose somebody unfortunately in that regard it really just brings a whole new perspective and it brings a whole new realism and I was very much against it before, and now I'm to the point where I just want to stress every so often, be safe, 
and responsible. If you can't be responsible, don't do irresponsible things like drinking a lot and then getting behind the wheel. Just don't. No, also, do don't text and drive. There's no, no, yeah. There's that's... no reason to be looking at a cell phone while you're while you're driving. Just put that Everyone sucker in your pocket. Everyone has earbuds. Yeah. Everyone has earbuds. Everyone has a Bluetooth connection now. You, we shouldn't even be holding the phone while we drive anymore. This isn't 1996. Yeah. <laughs> like if so, I get if I get what I can tell is a text alert on my phone, I will wait till I get to a red light. I'll peek at it. If it doesn't need my attention, I put the phone back. If it does, I'll pull over somewhere and text or I'll just call them back if I know that they're not like working. So Right. And there's and that's the other thing. Calling. People don't like to call anymore. Get, calling's allowed. You're yeah. allowed to call someone. That's the thing. If, you, yep. if you're if you so focused, uh-oh, Cells just texted me. What could this be? You can just then hit your Bluetooth and go, call Matt Cells. Calling Matt Cells. That's really what's going to happen, and that's all it is. So you don't have to go and freak out about the text. Just, just call them back at this point. But you're all smart. We don't have to say this. The family members are very smart. And we trust you, just like you trust us to give you all of that awesome content. I will have my next preview will be for Friday for the NBA season. It'll be the Eastern Conference Finals, which I think the Celtics are going to finish off the Miami Heat in six games. So go to DFSAlarm.com on Friday to get my preview there. And if you missed my Fantasy Baseball Stockwatch report from a couple of days ago. It's on FantasyAlarm.com talking about players trending up and down, taking some of those underlying stats and determining whether or not these players have positivity when it comes to production on the horizon. Give Matt Sills a follow at the salesman. A ton of content, three races to win, and a lot of it, audio. Written content, tables. This is what Sells does. Ryan Hallam, give him a follow at Fighting Chance. And also, by the way, his injury reports come out on the site. USFL content, too, for those that are playing USFL from the daily standpoint. For all of us here on FantasyAlarm.com, have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And to all those veterans out there, we thank you for all your service because, hey, we're all together as a family and a family that sticks together wins together.